Pampers Cruisers 360 is the must-have diaper to help keep your baby from taking it right off, which, if you've experienced this, can lead to complete chaos. With its 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your baby for a comfortable fit, your active baby can move freely. Think of it as baby yoga pants. Cruisers 360 offers a gap-free fit and has a blowout barrier at the back of the diaper to help stop any unwanted disasters. The best part? That stretchy waistband makes it so easy to change your wiggly baby, who is always on the move and can't be stopped. Just rip the sides to remove and roll it up with the disposal tape on the back. Voila! Pampers Cruisers are available in sizes 3 to 7 and now feature fun new prints. Pair with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, made from 100% plant-based cloth that grips the mess without fear of tearing. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. This podcast is brought to you by the film Ezra from Bleecker Street, directed by Tony Goldwyn with an incredible ensemble that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, and Whoopi Goldberg. Ezra is a funny and endearing story about Max, a divorced father struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When faced with difficult decisions about the future, they embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Deadline calls Ezra a touching testament to the power of love. In theaters May 31st. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Hi, this is Laura Vanderkam. I'm a mother of four, an author, journalist, and speaker. And this is Sarah Hart Unger. I'm a mother of three, practicing physician, and blogger on the side. We are two working parents who love our careers and our families. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. Here we talk about how real women manage work, family, and time for fun. From figuring out childcare to mapping out long-term career goals, we want you to get the most out of life. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. This is Laura. This is episode 107, which is first airing August 20, 2019. Today, we're going to be talking all things back to school. Our tips for having a smooth start to the school year and our listeners tips as well. Thank you to everyone who sent those in through Instagram, through our blogs. Uh, we're going to read a lot of them uh, and hopefully everyone will pick up something awesome in the course of listening. So when this airs, Sarah's summer is actually over, right? You guys, you guys go back to school mid-August. Yeah, it's so interesting. This is like the northern and southern divide. I know you're going to talk about your calendar, but our schools run from the middle of August. This year, our county begins, I believe, on the 15th, 14th, 15th, 14th. And uh, our last day of school is June the 2nd. So we barely have any school in June at all, which is interesting. And you guys are like still in the thick of summer, right? Yeah, yeah, we still are. And we still have another summer vacation coming up. But we start after Labor Day. It's, it's always the, the Tuesday after Labor Day in our district. And then we go till about mid-June. Um, so, so shifting your calendar by about two, two and a half weeks. So we apologize if you are an Arizona listener or even <laughs> from where I am, because I guess these tips will be getting to you a little bit late if that's the case. But hopefully we um, will catch you still when you're still interested in hearing all about how to make that transition smoother. And it'll be great timing for our uh, Northeast listeners, because I know that's much more common to start as I did as a child, kind of very end of August or even after Labor Day. Yeah. So you guys have, um, well, you started your new school for the kids in January uh, after the move. And- yeah, we've had lots of transitions, but um, Annabelle and Cameron will be going to the same school this fall fall, like the one that we, you know, moved to in January. So Cameron will be in kindergarten and Annabelle will be in second. So they've, they're reunited after a couple years spent apart with him in preschool. Uh, this particular school does not have a pre-K. So that's why he was not able to be with her last year. And then as we've discussed previously, yes, I'm sending my toddler to school for better or for worse. So we'll see how that goes. And she's going to um, a very traditional Montessori program that we're going to see how that goes. 
Yeah. And, and, uh, you have high hopes or you think she's going to have some, some, uh, separation issues or I'm curious. I, I have pretty high hopes. I think it's a really lovely school and she may be upset initially, but she's also, she kind of acts like a big kid sometimes and she'll be interested in all the activities and we'll just, you know, I don't know. It could really go either way. I'm sure I'll update everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get the update on, on how Genevieve's doing exactly. with that. Exactly. What you about know, what you your, guys? Well, I was going to you... say, what are, what are your school hours though? Cause oh, a... great question. So the school hours are very early for my big kids or at least early as I see it. So they have to be there at eight. And that doesn't sound so bad. But um, as I've mentioned before, there is it's a very overcrowded school and there's a very long carpool line. So that really requires leaving the house at 730, either whether we're planning on maybe 735, but that would be latest, either whether you're driving into the carpool line or if we're walking from the nearby playground, either way, that process takes about 25 minutes. So it's not efficient. And we're too close to the school to qualify for a bus. Otherwise, I would love the idea of just saying goodbye at the driveway on the corner or something exactly uh so so 7 35 we'll have to leave the house and then genevieve and they go till two and genevieve school is i mean i think it begins at 8 10 but they did say you know toddlers are on their own schedule so whenever she gets dropped off she gets dropped off and she's done by lunchtime so she'll nap at home before the big kids are done now i kind of foresee an issue because if the big kids need to be picked up at two and she's napping because Mm. she you know, fell asleep on the way home, which she will. I think what we may be doing is actually sending the big kids to an after-school program for maybe three days per week. And there's a program where there are some like fun enrichment activities. So it would be a way of them doing sports. Now our old elementary school had that built into the school. And I'm not sure I realized what a gift that was. I mean, you did pay for it, but it was just so convenient. They could stay and do basketball or origami or bookmaking or theater or whatever. Our, Our current school is a great school, but they really don't have their own sort of activities built in like that. So I think they're going to take a bus to another place and do some fun stuff a few days a week and then um, get picked up a little bit later. So Genevieve can have a decent nap. Yeah, no, the nap thing is, is, is always an issue with that, with the early school pickups. And I know that, um, you know, we, we did a, a carpool occasionally with a family that had a, a toddler because they were, you know, every single time that, person would have to wake up the toddler to go get the oh, other 100%. kids. It was just yeah. like, yeah, um, not, not fun. Yeah. We have no big changes from last year, which is, is kind of nice to have a holding steady year for, for schools. Um, last year we had the transition of starting middle school. Um, the, our youngest Alex starting preschool, but this year everyone's still at the same schools they went to before. Uh, Jasper will be starting seventh grade. Uh, Sam and Ruth will be fourth and second. And then Alex is still in the same preschool. So it's, you know, pretty much exactly the same, which I'm happy That's about. actually great because yeah. the transitions are, they're harder for the kids. I remember Annabelle went through a lot of, I don't know, emotional stuff when she started kindergarten. I think going from a school where it was very much like, do whatever you want to all of a sudden having all these requirements foisted upon her was tough. And cramps her your, style. <laughs> yeah. Your, your kids are going to be just kind of like doing what they did. So Hopefully it'll be a nice smooth start for you. Yeah. Well, and you know, knowing that the hours are the same. I mean, the, I presume. Yeah. That, how the, do you handle all those staggered hours? I mean, we we will get to the, your spreadsheet a little bit later. Well, nobody is um, napping at the moment, so uh, there's there's that. You know, I am. We we did our uh, carpool to the middle school with some neighbors um, because the bus was just going to be so early and we, we really live, I mean, we live less than 10 minutes away from it. So the, the bus service was just, you know, it was going to require a, a big early morning thing to make it happen. And so we elected to do the carpool there. Um, however, we're not doing pickup. Like, so he takes the bus home. So there's some, there's some grumbling occasionally about this, but like, you know, you're getting a ride there. So you get to sleep longer. So, you know, there's gotta be some compromise here. But, uh, you know, we, we do that, get the big kids, uh, I mean, the middle kids on the bus. Um, the bus was coming about 8.30-ish. Alex preschool starts at 9, but it's really only like three-minute drive away. So it's it's not that big a deal. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, then we have, I mean, we have our, our nanny there. She starts work at 8. So she's there to cover the the dropping off. So either, you know, I do it, she does it, my husband does it if he's there. So, you know, we sort of sorted out day by day on who's doing what, um, the end of the day, I mean, usually just someone's, someone's here when the bus buses drop off. 
I mean, that's, we, it could be me. And most um, of your activities aren't straight after school. Like they come home at the end of the school day. Uh, well, some are, I mean, so they, they get picked up you know, like once a week for stuff. Um, Jasper had uh, after school activities at school, like a day a week or something. And I think he may do more of that this year, in which case somebody will need to go get him. But, you know, it's all relatively close. And yeah, I mean, there's there's sorting it out week by week and looking at it and seeing, you know, who's got what. But, uh, you know, it, it it is what it is. I don't know. It's just logistics. <laughs> It's logistics, which reminds me that I I need to make some sort of spreadsheet, not just for activities, but actually I was telling the kids this morning that I, you know, we'd be doing some alternating because I don't want to always be dropping Genevieve and I don't want to be never dropping the big kids. So I'm going to have to figure out with Josh and our nanny, like maybe we set certain days of the week because, um, you know, Fridays maybe is my day to, you know, we we just have to decide what they are because I think a little bit of predictability will be helpful for them rather than every morning being like, okay, who's taking who? Who's it going to be? Yeah. I mean, we've been doing this with um, camp drop-offs. Is it, I mean, yeah, there's, there's some negotiation involved in it every single time. And I've just been sort of an alternating, like, okay, I do this, this end of town run one day and then do the other, the other day. And, you know, whatever, there's going to be complaining regardless. So I guess you can't kind of build your life with the, the idea of no complaints, but from your scheduling perspective, it's nice to know if like, you know, Friday, I shouldn't schedule meetings before yes. 8.30 yes, yes. or whatever. And it just gets rid of a little bit of the negotiation. Like, no, you know, this is the day of this and we don't have to rehash it every time because yeah. it gets boring. Yeah. <laughs> Having the same fight over and over again. Um, So yeah, let's go into our back to school tips. Yeah. So I organize this as I often like to um, for our tips episode as a few of my favorite tips that I kind of came up with before we crowdsourced and then a few of Laura's favorite tips. And then I organized our listener tips into different categories. So um, I think there's some really good ones here and some things I didn't think about. So I I think this is going to be a fun journey through back to school. So my tips that I my favorite tips that I came up with were one, number one, uh, was was one that some listeners mentioned as well. Take the school calendar and put it into your planning system as early as possible, even if it's a year in advance, because many public school districts in particular will release their next year's calendar very uh, in a timely fashion. And it's usually available online. And yet somehow you still end up surprised that there's an early release day on like March 7th or whatever it is. <laughs> it's better if you just all in one fell swoop, stick it into your calendar, stick it into your shared calendar. If you're a partner and you work that way. Um, one of our readers mentioned Google calendar that they use to put all that stuff in. And actually another listener mentioned that their school district has like a button where you can sync all of the school events to your electronic calendar. Ours has not gotten that high tech yet. It's just a PDF that you can download, but that's pretty cool too. Okay. So that's my first tip. Yeah. I was thinking about how, because, you know, there's some stuff that's not applicable to you, right? Like, so the next thing you know, you've got like all the school board meetings that or something. That person said that. They said they'd still rather have all of it and ignore some of it than to put it in manually. Yeah, that's not my style. I would be annoyed seeing like fifth grade social events. It's like, yeah, okay, I don't I'm care. Not there. <laughs> but some people would just rather do one click and I get that too. Then they, yeah, yeah. All right. And school supplies. Number two, buy the school supply box. Now, of course, not everybody has the option of... Um, getting everything in all one fell swoop, but it does seem like this is sweeping the nation. Um, and many times it's a PTO fundraising type of a situation. So, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I'm on a kindergarten listserv and some of the moms are like, well, it's this cheaper if you go to Target for this. And, well, and I'm like, like how oh much time Lord. are you spending doing this? <laughs> it's one click. And if the PTO is running it, I assume some of that benefits the PTA. So I PTO, PTA, whatever. And I'm considering it a donation. So yes. um, sometimes I just love in the life, box. it's not worth getting the lowest price on the notebook. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because we're not talking, I think our, our entire box for each kid was like around $100. It wasn't some crazy investment. And then we had to buy a couple of items outside of the box, but actually on our district website, it was clearly specified. So I can get my baby wipes and printer paper now and be completely set. Yeah. So that's awesome. Um, my third tip has to do with well, this one's a tip for myself because I need to work on it. I think our kids have really gotten in the habit of sleeping later, um, which sounds amazing, except it's only two out of three of the children. Yeah, this, so it's so amazing. not helpful at all. But for the school year, it's going to be terrible if I'm going to be dragging the big kids out of bed. So we need to streamline that out of door routine. Our nanny has this great practice of keeping a set of clothes and toothbrushing supplies in the downstairs bathroom. So you can just get out of the house very quickly. Um, And I do um, want to do some practicing, which comes up in a later tip. 
And then finally, my fourth tip is that, you know, I'd like to do some things with the school. I definitely don't want to be a room parent because that's, I don't know, that seems like too much of a commitment. (laughs) But I do plan on sending emails to whatever the room parents are and the teachers saying that I'd like to be involved. So let me know if you have specific asks or specific needs for donations, like if they, you know, want to get some books for the class or whatever. Um, And that way I can make sure to have some involvement and kind of let my voice be seen that I'd want to do things without without having it be all or nothing. Because remember, you you don't have to do everything and doing something counts and your kids will notice. Yeah. No, those are great. I think my biggest tip is not to stress about it. I feel like the whole back to school season gets blown up into this bigger thing, partly because it's, you know, it's like a news hook so that you can do stories about it and you can do podcast episodes or podcasts about it. Like, you know, you were in the school like you went to school the last year, like, you know, it's, it's going to be school again. And there's no real reason to make it a source of anxiety. I think the biggest challenge with a, a school year is that that it's getting into a new routine. Like certain things are different. Now, again, if you're going to the exact same schools you were the previous year, that it's not really that different at all. But maybe there's different activities that are starting up or things like that. And and whenever you have a new schedule, like you have to pay attention to it and that consumes mental energy. Like, oh, you know, it's not just on autopilot of who goes where, when you have to think about it. And I guess that creates some, some mental stress, but it's helpful to remember that it, it won't always be like that. Like within two weeks, it will be like, oh yeah, this is what we do. And, and so it won't be nearly as, as stressful. For our scheduling purposes, I create the activity spreadsheet, as Sarah mentioned. Um, This is just one of my blank 168-hour logs that I use for tracking time as well. And I fill it out with, you know, people's different activities. And a couple of the kids have stuff that meets a couple times a week, but you don't have to go to all of it. So for instance, the swim team may have practices four days a week, but you only really need to go to two. So then we can sort of choose, well, which two work within the broader family schedule. Um, and so I create the spreadsheet to, to choose what will be our default days rather than having every week we, we choose this. Although the good news is because there are more options, if it's a complicated week for some reason, we can choose different ones. As I create the spreadsheet, it, it just helps to show like, is this going to be a bad night um, or you know, we try to keep one night open. We've often tried to do like Wednesday with no activities just because then it's the middle of the week and it's a day that, you know, you can kind of not deal with stuff. Um, or if something's canceled and needs to get rescheduled, like there's a space for it to go. So, you know, helps me see open space, helps the kids see that you know, even if they feel like there's a lot going on, like the beauty of these 168 hour spreadsheets is you see there really isn't like, I mean, <laughs> there's a ton of space, you know, which is, which is good to see. Maybe you need to post the spreadsheet sheet yeah, like, yeah, printed put, somewhere. Printed somewhere. Year. Well, you can go to my website and download them. Um, you know, lauravandercam.com. No, or, I mean like for your kids to see. Like oh, if they yeah. start whining about being overscheduled, you you yeah, put a, well, you know, blow shared, it up and I put mean, it on I the fridge. The camp spreadsheet with them, uh, you know, so that they see what's coming up and and they're they're good with that. So yeah. Uh let's see. We um big about prioritizing family harmony in the schedule. I mentioned doing the carpool in order to not have to get up at the crack of dawn and get people places just because, I mean, there are occasionally days when, you know, it, it would be difficult to make that, that happen. So, you know, it's, it's good to have options, <laughs> I guess is what, uh, and always my favorite, the backpacks, shoes, and coats in one spot. You want to have a launching pad where everything goes. So you're not hunting for it every morning. Um, we're big about homework is either being done or it's in the backpack. There is absolutely nowhere else it can be um, because if it's left somewhere, that's when it doesn't get in. And uh, But this year, I am going to actually create a homework spot. Do you have a homework spot? We currently use the kitchen table for the most part, although we maybe should use the dining room table. I don't know. We have both. The kids also have setups in their rooms, but... Animal is probably at the point where she could work more independently and should work more independently. Cameron's only in kindergarten. I hope to God that this school has less homework than the old <laughs> than school the that they went one. to. Yeah, yeah. No, and I've heard good things that maybe it's not going to be quite the deluge that we experienced previously. But if he does have some, then I think he's going to need a little more hands-on yeah. <laughs> attention. So I think the kitchen table would be right. Oh, and I was going to, I want to hear about your homework spot, but I was also going to mention that I know you've talked about your mudroom. 
And for those of us not fortunate enough to have a mudroom, um, we, we've made a great mudrooms type thing out of our closet in this mm. house, um, which is great because it's like a decent sized closet. We put a cube organizer in there. You guys know it's my fave thing. We put hooks for backpacks. Yep. And um, so it doesn't have to, if you don't have a mudroom, you can, you can improvise. You can make one. Yeah. You know, a place for shoes. I don't know if you need a shoe rack or like a cubby for them or a hook for the backpack cubes. and coat. We use the cubes. Yeah. <laughs> so all that stuff can, can go there. There. We have a bin for each of the children which is a default place where if they're ever like, where's my, it's in there. Awesome. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah. No, we're so gonna, where's your, where's your homework spot? Um, I'm thinking it's going to be the dining room table. And the reason is because, I mean, the kitchen counter or the kitchen table are the sort of automatic places where that goes. Um, but the computer, the home computer and the television are both visible from that spot. Uh, whereas from the dining room, they are not. And distracting. there's just distracting. It's hard to keep everyone off until everyone's homework is done. You know what I'm saying? So that's, I think that may be a more difficult rule to enforce than having- I'm guessing that your older ones are starting to have some homework that is on the computer. Yeah, that's true too. Actually, you know, a a fair amount of it gets done on there. And that's how like Jasper submits almost all assignments. Uh, There's a lot less that comes home physically on paper. So he has his own, whatever Google account that they upload documents and such. but yeah, so that would be there. And then um, I think if I set up the dining room table to have supplies there, like paper and pencils, I'm, we'll, we'll experiment. It could totally not work, uh, but we'll see. Oh, so we'll report back. Cool. Um, your next tip is about going to everything or not. So um, you were talking about how I talked about how it doesn't have to be all or nothing. What about you? Okay, we're going to take a quick break and um, give you guys a word from our sponsors this week. So the first sponsor we want to tell you about is one of our favorite clothing companies, M.M. LaFleur. Great fit for our listeners because they take the work out of getting dressed for work. You have much better things to do with your time than go shopping, than try stuff on in a crowded department store. This makes it very easy. We know Laura has been wearing M.M. LaFleur for quite some time. She's got dresses. She's got skirts. She's, I don't think you have pants yet. Maybe no, you I have to try- pants too. <laughs> oh, you do have pants. Oh man. I, yeah, that's true. You have black pants that are washable, don't and you? And blue pants, I would add as well. Um, great Ooh. pair of straight leg black pants. You can just wear them over and over and over again, you know, washing occasionally in the middle because they're machine washable. Uh, but you know, if you're looking for these wardrobe staples, like a pencil skirt, a pair of black pants, a black cardigan, a good sweater, a good jacket, shift dresses. M.M. LaFleur is is the place you want to go. It's really easy to search their website for characteristics of clothes that might interest you. So when I was shopping, I put in filters for petite friendly and a filter for washable. And I thought, uh oh, if I put two of these, I'm not going to get that many options. But actually, there were tons of items that fit both of those criteria. So what a really cool feature that that speeds up my shopping which I always like. So we really think that you'd love trying M.M. LaFleur. You can just go to their site, mmlafleur.com. That's M-M-L-A-F-L-E-U-R.com and browse around. There's free shipping both ways. And right now, new customers can enjoy $25 off their first purchase or bento box. That's when they send you um, a great collection of pieces that they think will work for you. Um, so you can get $25 off with the code BESTOF, B-E-S-T-O-F. So go to mmlafleur.com slash best of and enter the code best of to get your $25 off. We're also excited to tell you about our other sponsor for this episode, LinkedIn Talent Solutions. Our listeners who are in management, who are running their own businesses, know that hiring isn't as simple as putting an ad in the paper or posting to a job board. When you're juggling hiring with everything else it takes to grow your business, it's important that you reach the right candidates at the right time. And that is where LinkedIn comes in. It is so efficient to post a job and find great candidates through LinkedIn. Over 600 million members visit LinkedIn to make connections and learn and grow as professionals. And of course, discover new job opportunities, which is great if you are hiring. In fact, LinkedIn members add 15 new skills to their profiles and apply to 35 job posts every two seconds. Uh, LinkedIn will make sure that your job post gets in front of people with the right hard skills and soft skills to meet your role requirements. Things like collaboration, work ethic, adaptability. LinkedIn does the legwork to match you to the most qualified candidates. So you can focus on hiring the person who will transform your business and get it done quickly and efficiently. 
and to get $50 off your first job post, just go to linkedin.com slash best of. Again, that's linkedin.com slash best of to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. All right. So where we left off, we were talking about Laura's tips. And the next tip had to do with going to things, but not necessarily everything. Yeah. I mean, this is true that you don't have to go to everything. I think people get very stressed out about like, oh, there's like three different back to school events. Well, guess what? If you don't go to one of them, it's not going to be the end of the world. There are plenty of people who don't go to them. You should know this. You know, for many people, they just they can't make it work or something comes up. The other kids have to do things. Two kids have two different schools that they have to be at at the same time. Like there are a million reasons parents don't go. So no one's like judging you. The parent is not saying they're like, oh, that kid's parent isn't there. Clearly, I should not pay any attention to that kid all year. I mean, this is not how teachers think. So if that's how you're worried, like, like just don't take that. Take that off your list of, of things to worry about. You mentioned, Sarah, like you don't have to be a room parent. And and of course you don't. Um, I would say that I I was one this past year and it was a lot less work than I sort of thought it might be. Um, In our school, they have it kind of down to a science of what you're supposed to do. Uh, They tend to have two people for each class because, you know, then then you can share the load of it. And the requirement was pretty much that you plan the holiday parties. So you do have to, in our case, you did have to have during the day availability for those parties, but like, you know, when they're going to be like, it's going to be Halloween, it's going to be around Christmas or something. It's going to be, you know, Valentine's day. So even if you did have a job where you were generally in an office, you could potentially, you know, decide to take half of the day off on those days and, and do it. So, um, it was great, you know, got a chance to, to be in my son's classroom a little bit more often, get to know his teacher. Um, so I'm so I'm really glad I, I did that. And I don't think I'm going to take it on this year for anyone. But I, I've sort of thought, well, you know, it's it's something I could do like once per kid. Maybe you could. Yeah, I was going to say if you pick a grade level and say, like, you know what? I'll be the third grade room parent. <laughs> the third grade. It's always going to be third grade. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I missed <laughs> exactly. the first time because I didn't really understand the first time that it wasn't going to be as big a deal. I mean, they had this, I you know, God bless our school. But like at one point, you know, they they were trying to tell people like, yeah, you need to be available during the work day. But the way they put it is like. I mean, it almost sounded like if you work, don't bother applying to do this. And I was like, well, geez, you know, that doesn't sound good. But but it turns out not to be that way at all. So I'm, I'm glad I, I got over that little hurdle of worrying about it. As a side note, and, and, you know, maybe this is one of these things that is sweeping the nation along with the buying the school supply box. But we have a policy in our state that you actually have to have security clearances in order to volunteer at the schools. We do too. Um, yeah. Okay. So... I have mixed feelings about this. Like I actually had to go get fingerprinted because I hadn't lived in Pennsylvania for 10 years, which strikes me as like what this is going to do is it makes it that much harder for parents to volunteer. Or you're going to scare off people who, I don't know, have like a shoplifting conviction from age 19, who there's no reason they couldn't volunteer in the school, but they're gonna be like, oh God, I got to have fingerprinted or something. You know, like, I don't know. I'm not a big fan. (laughs) It didn't bother me. Well, anyway, so if 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 your district, your school, your state has this policy, you should probably just take a little bit of time before the school year starts to go do it. So that way you can volunteer if you'd like to, um, as opposed to being like, oh, well, I wish I could. But then I also have to do this other step first and there won't be time um, before the volunteer. Operates. The good news is, at least in our district, you only have to do it once. So like once you've entered the county system and you've been cleared I think they like automatically or maybe it lasts for several years. But like I already got a note that said I don't have to do it this year yeah. because I'm already grandmothered in. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, if, if that's something you need to do, probably just take some summer time to do it. Uh, back to school shopping. I think, you know, the past few years I've been approaching this from the perspective that new stuff is kind of fun. You know, I don't actually do that much shopping in my life uh, through, you know, various like now that Alex is in school, we have some of the hours of our our nanny does a lot of their errands and shopping. So I'm I'm not in stores that often. Um, So I decided to view it as like, well, I can, you know, go hang out with the kids and target. They each get their own list. Like they're responsible for finding the stuff. I'm kind of hanging out with the cart, you know, monitoring stuff as it comes in. Um, And I possibly this year, I might even like give them a certain amount of money and see if they can figure out the whole budgeting thing of it. Um, which which could be a good money experience for them as well. Um, so, you know, you could approach it in ways like that. Or even if you have older kids, you know, they got a phone or something, you could just go grocery shopping next door to the Target or something and they, they can go figure it out themselves. 
you know, approaching it from from that spirit might might help. And and finally, I said, you know, we can go back to school ourselves. Uh, one way to make the back to school season more fun is to think about what you would like to study, like what new skill you'd like to add. It doesn't have to be a formal class, though it totally can be. There's nothing wrong with taking classes as a working parent. Like you can totally do that if you want to. But it can also just be, you know, a skill you would like to learn in the course of the year. Like what what would make you feel like you have moved forward a grade in your life in the course of the next year? And see if you can build that into your schedule and that'll make it feel like you're getting some cool stuff too. Are you going to take a class? Have you thought about this? Piano? Piano. I'm, I mean, now that I have the piano, uh, so blog readers know that my um, parents downsized as part of their move to New Jersey and got rid of a lot of stuff. And one of the things they got rid of was their piano, which I now have. Um, so I, I mean, my kids are learning to play the piano and I think I'm going to definitely do more practicing too. Or at least I say that now. We'll see. <laughs> You'll harness that back to school energy. Yeah, it is a nice time to sort of tackle you know, maybe train for a rate, you know, there's people have that kind of like new start energy, like why not capitalize on some of that for yourself? I like that. Exactly. All right, we've got some listener tips and a lot of really nice ones. So let's start with some gear related tips. Um, This one comes from Sophia. She says, we buy the box for school. Yes, check. But then she also notes that they reuse a lot of gear from year to year, including backpacks, which are now pretty well made if you get the right brands. And I have found uh, the same thing. So I've already informed Annabelle that she'll be using her current backpack again and we'll run it through the washing machine to get it as sparkly as we can. And, you know, maybe in a year or two, she'll need a new one. But there's no real need if, if it's not falling apart to to run to get a new one. Yeah, we every got some year. shout outs for was it which one of the catalog companies now I'm going to forget was it LLB? Well, some people LLB mentioned LN's end yeah. and another person on my blog mentioned LL Bean and we've done the Pottery Barn ones, which the lunch bags from there have not held up well, but their backpacks seem to be doing pretty well. So, um, so yeah, pick a reliable brand and, and it will last. I'm not sure. Cameron is currently rocking this giant black backpack that I ordered on Amazon for camp. I don't know. He picked it out. It was very cheap and I'm not sure it will last a year, but it's fine right now. So you know, we're just going with Run it with this it. year. Yeah. Yeah. The next, oh, and somebody mentions not specifically buying back to school clothes, just buying clothes as their kids grow out of stuff and need it. This person said they find that buying a bunch of outfits for back to school increases clutter. For us, you know, back to school is certainly not a cool, crisp um, time of year. So it's not like we need a new season of clothes. I do think some of their clothes are kind of disgusting and I feel sort of embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> like holes in the pants and like stains on the shirt. So I, I, I may have to, to indulge in some for them, but I get what they're saying. You yeah. don't need to buy them a new wardrobe just because. Just because. Um, yeah. Our next tip, a uh, reader, Gillian, Gillian, sorry, said that it's a good time to start fresh with home policies. So meet with kids, um, meet with each of your kids and talk about, uh, you know, your home policies, like what rules are going to be during the year, what they are excited about, because that way, you know, you're having a conversation about what extracurricular activities they care about, you know, if there's going to be any big family changes or schedule changes, but just keeping them involved. Like it's, you know, we often get involved in our own logistics, um, but especially as kids get older, they need to be informed of them as well. So uh, meeting one-on-one with each of your kids uh, to talk through their hopes and goals and aspirations for the school year and and your hopes and goals and aspirations is is great too. There were some other sort of policy changes mentioned from some readers. One person said they switched to a no screens approach. This was Melissa from Mondays to Thursdays and puts nothing on Fridays, but that's sort of a policy change from the summer. And she makes sure that they all know about that and that it's just the new rule and they've been accepting of it and had success with it. Yeah, a Erica. couple of people oh, mentioned, I was going to say um, chores as well, that if you are shifting yes. over chores, this is a good time to discuss it as well, because every new everything's a new routine. So if you'd like your kids to start doing something or shift it from one kid to another, depending on, on what's going on, um, this is a good time to bring that up. Erica mentions also having a meet. I love these meetings. I don't know that I've had that many kid meetings, and now I'm sort of motivated to. They set up new routines and have a meeting before before school starts to discuss expectations and how things will be different from our slightly relaxed summer. Yeah. So another tip we have is being ready for the huge volume of papers coming in through the year. So one of the things that I think you know drives people crazy at the start of the year is there are all these forms coming home, some of which you have to deal with, some of which you don't, some of just, you know, for your information or like the policy, the privacy policy on some online program they're going to be using. So you know, have some space for it. 
Jen says, each kid has a large plastic file box with folders for pre-K through 12th grade. Anything super special gets put in the appropriate folder. The rest is thrown away. We've also set up a command center in a back hallway of the house that includes an erasable calendar uh, and a cork board for notices. Well, we also have similar boxes. I believe I got that idea from the Happier podcast and it's worked really well. And I can now go back and look at things from like preschool for Annabelle and I'm going to have to make Genevieve a box. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Uh, oh, sorry. It was the homework box is related to that, right? That's the- Yes. Melissa also mentioned that each kid of hers has a homework box ready with what they need. So nobody is looking for items or waiting for her to get started. And in the homework box is pencils, crayons, scissors, and glue, which is so true. I can't, I can't tell you how many times I felt like finding the blue crayon was a barrier to getting my <laughs> child to do their homework. And like, how annoying. Just have them all in one place. In fact, this makes me want to also stockpile a million of those little boxes of just eight crayons to have on hand so I can restock when Genevieve invariably like eats the crayons and <laughs> yeah, exactly. Them. <laughs> Keep them away from the toddler. We had a couple of people mention the idea of making the first day special in some way. Regardless, you know, if you want to be part of the beginning of the school year, um, this might be a good day to arrange to come into work late or take a half day or something like that maybe even take the day off if you think it's going to be um, a big transition for some of your kids and they're really going to need to process stuff afterwards. Again, it doesn't have to be a big deal. So, you know, some kids is fine if you're like, this is just a normal day. Um, and that may help them with some anxiety. But if it's going to create anxiety for you um, with the schedule, maybe maybe that's a day to take off or do some other fun things. The pictures on the front steps. We, we don't do the like chalkboard with the grade or anything like that. We just We just take pictures. But uh, yeah, us too. No chalkboard. No chalkboard. And I'm not taking the first day off, but I am going to like go in a little later so I can do the whole morning with the kids and do drop off. And I think I get to go in with my kindergartner. So that'll be yeah. really cool. And possibly do something fun after school that day. People yes, mentioned the ice cream tradition. Ice cream I love it. Or a special dinner. And if not the first day, like maybe the first weekend, uh, there are the a first Friday, people, night, yeah, first Friday or, yeah. night or that there's, um, you know, a, a trip to the beach if it's still warm wherever you are on that first weekend, but just something to to be fun and celebrate that that we've had a great first week. Well, that was kind of so one reader, Jessica, was talking about uh, all of her tips had to do with planning. Um, and that was kind of interesting. She she talked about kind of making the first week very light. So not a lot of extra stuff, but then also purposely planning in something fun for the first weekend after the school starts, like an amusement park trip or a family barbecue, something to kind of look back to the fun summer days. And then she mentioned having a family vacation on the book. She knows that by October, everyone's going to need a break. And they they like when they begin the slog of school, or it can feel like a slog to some kids anyway, to know that there's something fun to look ahead to. Yeah, yeah. So it's not just all the way to Christmas break or the holiday break, I guess. it's uh, There's something in the middle that can, be, that can be awesome if that's doing. Another tip on communicating with teachers. So one of our listeners writes that if you have a kid with special needs, no matter how mild, always touch base with the classroom teacher before school starts. It gives the teacher a better sense of how to deal with your child than any individual education plan can. Um, If things have been rather crazy for the teacher and they haven't had a chance to read the IEP yet, um, this also will give a nudge for, for that to happen. She says that as a result of reaching out in advance, my special needs kiddo has been, for instance, seated next to a friend for the first day, which helped with, um, you know, making sure that the first day went a lot more smoothly than it could have given this um, situation. Yeah, that's so nice. It's like a little thing, but it could mean so much. And the only way to get it is is to reach out. We had another um, blog reader that stated that she always goes to meet the teacher night with a gift card and note for each teacher. She writes, it's generally for coffee and I leave some acknowledgement on how hard they work. I want to start this relationship off on the right foot since they will be interacting with my child seven hours a day for the next 180 days. I would just leave a note to be careful about what the school policies are because some districts may not yeah. allow this kind of thing. We, I we thought this a was a little controversial, no, no but if it works policy, for her. So, uh, yeah. you know, I think, I think it probably stems from more like the high school stuff. Like people are worried about like they're, you know, trying to get you know, recommendation recommendation letter. letters and stuff and they're going to give a really nice gift card or something in exchange like it's just they don't want to go down that route so we have we have a no gifts policy but no gifts for holidays too mm-hmm. oh yeah wow yeah no class gifts no nothing no nothing no nothing you can you're supposed to if you're going to do something you can donate a book to the library or you can um, give to the scholarship fund in the person's name 
that's that's allowed but that is a that is a different culture from (laughs) from how it is that's very interesting yeah but okay so lunch Um, let's do lunch yes lunch is big as we know i think laura is a big proponent of buying and as are some of our um the people who wrote we tend to pack although again our nanny tends to pack so it's a little easier on me to make that decision I will say if you're going to do the packing route, I agree with Jillian. Um, the bento boxes are just so easy and they hold up so well to just like throw different things in a compartment. And it's just so much easier than dealing with a bunch of disposable containers and, and stuff doesn't get squished and it doesn't mix together. She uses Planet Box. Um, we use Lunchbots and we've got the same containers that I bought years ago that are still completely fine and they we throw them in the dishwasher Instead of using a fancy insulated lunchbox, uh, we just use the um, kind of neoprene ones that are like 10 bucks on Amazon and can be thrown in the washing machine and just put ice packs in there. So, you know, I don't know if we would pass a a food inspection, but no one's gotten sick yet. So (laughs) that's good. Yeah, we've been Been dealing with um, camp lunches for the past week and or two weeks. And it's just it's a reminder of why do the school lunch. Um, there's been all kinds of, you know, there was a leak of a freezer pack. There was, you know, squished stuff for people complaining about, because of course they can't bring peanut butter, you know, with various allergies that uh, are, are present in different programs. And so then you're trying to figure out what to pack. There's been a lot of sun butter, sun butter. Well, they don't really like that. There's a little bit of mm. cream cheese, but then people complain the cream cheese takes, tastes bad when it's been in there all day. Yeah. And they, they like their hot lunches, which is good. <laughs> yeah. So, so lunch, you got to strategize your plan. And I cannot tell you how, how much I laugh when I see those like posts with like the cutout lunches with the <laughs> flowers and stuff. I mean, I, I'm sure there are people that love that. I, I cannot imagine. No, I can't. no. but I mean, I think, you know, if, if you're doing it to entertain your hundred thousand Instagram followers. I mean, that's your business. Like this, that's, yes, that's you know, true. it's a different thing. It's not, you're just doing it because, but I think then a lot of moms think that's like not their new job now no. because I don't no. know. <laughs> anyway, we give you permission to just make it utilitarian, whichever direction you choose as to long go. As we definitely pack a lot of fed. leftovers. If the kids yes. get fed, it's good. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So, yes. And uh, that's, that's my thought about practice school in general. All right. Well, we should go to our question. Um, Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for sending those in. And you know, feel free to browse around on our blogs. Uh, We we didn't get to use all of them, but uh, lots of helpful stuff there. So, shall I read this, or do you want to read it? I can read it. You had a you had a good first answer, and then I'll chip in. Um, Okay. This is a long term best of both worlds listener writing in. She says. I'm married with two elementary school kids, one that has a chronic health issue and the other one that needs therapy a few times a week, at least for the next year or two. I started a new job a month ago. Prior to this job, I was always non-exempt, paid hourly, had no flexibility, had to use PTO for all my kids' doctor's appointments, sick days, snow days, etc. There have been several years where we couldn't even take a vacation because I had no time off left. My husband does almost all the appointments and snow days for that reason, but it gets stressful due to his work responsibilities, commute, etc. I'm really enjoying my new job duties and everything it entails. My position is exempt, so I will have more wiggle room to say, work from home if one of my kids has an appointment. But my challenge is that after years of having zero flexibility, I don't know how to ask my boss to do any of these things. I'm not sure if it's a case of imposter syndrome or insecurity, but I almost feel as if I don't deserve it or I'm being too presumptuous. I also wonder if my coworkers will frown on that as well. Even though they have the benefit, they don't seem to have the need, desire for flex alternative schedules. Do you have any advice? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is, you know, it's it's so challenging when you've built your career with one set of assumptions and then now there's different ones, but you, you feel like you still have the same limitations. Um, I think one of the things that might help her is to just sort of track her work hours for a while, even though she's exempt and she's not getting paid hourly anymore. Um, it might help to assure herself and to have a record that she's definitely putting in, you know, sort of whatever the expectation is, 35 to, to 40 hours or so. Um, and then that might give her a little bit more confidence to to ask for these things. I also said, I wouldn't be sure that her colleagues aren't using the flexibility. A lot of people just probably don't talk about it. This isn't the kind of thing that people walk in and, you know, somebody who's only been working there a month and everyone announces to guess what? You know, I, I worked at home yesterday morning because the plumber was coming. Like this isn't the sort of thing people necessarily an- announce. 
but you you can ask, especially as you get to know people. So as you're, you know, having lunch with someone in the company cafeteria or whatever, and be like, yeah, you know, how is it? Like, I've got this thing coming up where I think I'm going to have to meet a plumber. You know, you don't don't even put it kid oriented just to so keep it in, you know, the, the realm of things that might happen to anyone or like, you know, I want to do my dentist appointment. They've got these really limited hours. Like, how have you had to deal with that? And, and then you can find out, like, is this something that that people do? I'd also, you know, if she has a good relationship with her boss, um, this is certainly something she can ask at her first performance review. I mean, get get the person to sort of be talking about what an awesome job she's doing. And then you can ask about one, you know, a one-off accommodation that would be helpful. Uh, maybe there's a particular specialist one of her children needs to see in a couple of weeks and she could broach the topic. Like somebody who's just been singing your praises is probably not going to be like, no, nobody does that here. And and then once she does it once and sees that it's fine, like the earth doesn't stop. She doesn't get fired. Like, I mean, it, it's probably she'll see that she can do it. And then it's just, you know, it's about working in the way that works for you. I mean, they went through the trouble of hiring you. They probably want to keep you. So, you know, don't abuse it, but you're not going to abuse it. Like just, <laughs> it's, it's probably okay. But uh, then again, I've, I've not really had a traditional job. So I'm, I'm maybe not the best person to, to comment on this. So Sarah, what do you think? And I'm not an HR expert, but I can tell you what I've learned from my experience as an exempt employee myself. I want to remind you that part of the beauty of exempt is you are exempt. <laughs> um, no one is going to um, ask you to, to scan your badge in and out. And your job is probably a little bit more now about getting things done that are expected and less about FaceTime. I think you need to remember this and probably start experimenting a little, maybe little by little uh, to figure out what goes over well. And I think that when you get a little bit more in tune with the work culture, it'll become more natural. I wouldn't assume that your coworkers, just like Laura said, aren't doing these things. It's just that like when you go to the dentist and then walk in later, you know, how can you tell if someone did that versus went to an early meeting? A lot of people have offsite meetings and other things. So, you know, when their butt is not in their chair, you probably assume that they're doing work, but maybe they're not. I think one strategy that I have definitely employed before, because I tend to be on the self-conscious side about this as well. Like, you know, that, uh, for example, this podcast is not being done on work time. That's why I am specifically a 0.9 FTE, although my job is different because a lot of it I need to be very physically present to do. But I guess what I'm saying is what I used to do when I, let's say, had an OB appointment that I was going to run out during lunch, but it might go over, is I would sort of make a show of either coming in early that day or or staying late or like you know casually walk by my bosses on the way out if I stayed late. Oh yeah, I had to finish because my boss is always there by the way. But um I had to finish this late cuz I cuz I ran to the OB like kind of just making sure that they knew that I was making up the time, even though probably if I think about that, I was ridiculous because nobody <laughs> cares. Care. If my patients were being seen and my goals were being met and my charts were being done and everyone was satisfied, um, nobody cares that I moved one patient to a different day and, and did my notes later. You know what I mean? So I, I think that, um, I guess, so number one, tr maybe try to just be less self-conscious about it. Um, but number two, you know, you can, um, you can kind of emphasize that you are doing everything if it makes you feel better. Yeah. Send, send an email at 9 p.m. to. Yes. You know. Yes, exactly. Or I, I think I even said you could you could be if it makes you more comfortable, you could say at a meeting, like Laura said, there's a few days when I have to leave a little early, but I'll be working from home in the evening to catch up on anything I missed. I, I, I'd be shocked if someone had an objection to that because you're not saying I'm going to do less work. You're just you're just shifting things around a little bit on the rare occasion that you need it. So hopefully she uh, becomes more confident on this. And I'm really hoping that she gets a vacation because that sounds like it's been a tough situation for a few years too. So here's to new jobs and, and more flexibility. Um, so this brings us to our love of the week segment. Uh, so mine is in fact, starting school after Labor Day. I, I actually like this setup because I really like the idea of having August still not be school. You know, I don't know, something about uh, feels like summer just keeps going. And Last year, in fact, we, the older three kids uh, and Michael and I were in Colorado on September 1st. And we were taking the kids to a diner on September 1st for breakfast. I'm like, wow, it's September and we're still on summer vacation. Like, I, this is kind of, kind of cool. So I, I like that sense of, of stretching it out, you know, even if we do go to, to mid-June. 
No, I'm jealous. I mean, I the Northeast does summer a lot better than South Florida does, but well, cause we it's have still, winter. Like it's summer all the time for you guys. <laughs> well, no, it's just like summer's our worst weather. So it's not like we, you know, I look forward to summer for the more relaxed schedule, but I don't really look forward to summer for, for it being summer. So I guess for us, it just doesn't matter as much when it starts or ends. It's not, it's not a season that we relish. I think the way I remember doing so when I was a kid living up North and we had winter. Yeah. But yeah, I think your situation sounds great. If I lived up there, I would particularly want to stretch it out as long as possible. I think down here, I care less. Yeah. My love of the week is field notes. I I may have had that one before, but you know what? That's okay. Um, Because it is a tangential school supply. Field notes are these little sort of, I don't know, maybe three by five size, small notebooks. They're very durable and they come in all these cool specialty editions. And the most recent specialty edition was national park themed ones. And they're so pretty. I'll put a picture of them maybe in the Instagram. Cause like they're just these little nature scenes. And I tend to share them with the kids now, like Annabelle likes to write stories in them. So I'll, 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 I'll give it to her to maybe document, I don't know, the end of her summer or something like that. But you can subscribe and get these special editions for like a hundred dollars a year for four shipments. And it's just like an immense amount of pleasure. And I just felt like this Summer slash fall edition was one of their best yet. So Field Notes is my school-themed love of the week. Well, I will have to check that out. Well, this has been our back-to-school edition, uh, episode 107. We'll be back next week with more on making work and life fit together. Thanks for listening. You can find me, Sarah, at theshoebox.com or at the underscore shoebox on Instagram. And you can find me, Laura, at lauravandercam.com. This has been the Best of Both Worlds podcast. Please join us next time for more on making work and life work together. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.